Hi, I'm Kevin Giovanni, Professor of Neurology at Barts and London School of Medicine and Dentistry, and I'm doing a, a MSLP podcast about social determinants of health and the forgotten social determinant, uh, the impact of chronic stress and particularly war. Um, I must be honest, from a personal perspective, the war in Ukraine and the threat of wider military engagement across Europe and possibly across the world with the existential threat of nuclear weapons has ramped up stress levels uh, and, I, and mine, have, mine have gone up several notches. And um, I have developed, like many of my friends, uh, acute attention deficit disorder in that I have these intrusive thoughts about the war and this continuous desire to doom scroll and look at news sites and keep myself up to date. And I'm also aware that quite a few of my patients with multiple sclerosis are complaining about the same thing. And so you can imagine what it must be like for somebody with multiple sclerosis or a partner or someone they must living at the moment in Ukraine, trapped in one of those cities being bombed, or even as a refugee without access to healthcare. And I think we as an MS community need to think carefully about how we try and respond to help these people, both within Ukraine and as refugees. And that's something I'll come to later on in the podcast. It's interesting that about a year ago, I did a newsletter on chronic stress um, and posed a whole lot of questions, uh, and um, I was chastised for asking these questions. The simple questions I asked were, you know, have you been alone or felt lonely? Have you lost a loved one? Uh, Have you lost your job? Can you make ends meet from a financial perspective? Are you worried about the future? How's your relationship with your partner? Are you depressed, anxious? Are you sleeping well? Are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you feeling guilty? Do you have self-loathing? Do you feel you failed yourself and your family because of your MS, etc.? So these are the kind of questions that impact on chronic stress that we as MS healthcare professionals very rarely ask in routine practice. You know, when we're in a secondary, tertiary or quaternary environment like I work in, you know, we're there to focus on the MS and manage the MS and its complications rather than look at the impact on, on chronic stress. And this became quite apparent to me. I did a podcast and a newsletter on the impact of stress as a trigger for relapses, particularly war stress. And the responses that came through a few weeks ago on this was unremarkable, was remarkable in the sense that there were so many of you had uh, linked your MS onset or your relapses or even worsening symptoms to stress. And so I, as a healthcare professional working in this space, need to be more aware of this, obviously ask more questions about this and see if I can help to address this. And this is difficult because um, a lot of the things that cause chronic stress are out of the remit of a healthcare professional. We don't have the budgets or the resources or the team or the systems in place to deal with issues like housing, poor income, uh, uh, breaking up of relationships and those types of issues. However, I do think we as healthcare professionals do have the ability to signpost people, knowing what services are available and being aware of what services are available, and also being involved in the design of uh, community-based services to deal with some of the social determinants of health. So, yes, so I think it's probably timely that we readdress this because war clearly is a social determinant of health, and the stress associated with war or the threat of war is something we can't uh, ignore. Um, I've gone back to 
give you an example of a patient of mine that I did write up on our blog uh, about two or three years ago of a little old lady. And she wasn't that old. She was in her late 50s. Um, I talk about it being a little old lady because this is a syndrome that's causing little old ladies who, who, who haven't got the energy or time to cook, so they just eat toast. And the syndrome is Marmite on toast. People may not know what Marmite is. Marmite is a spread we put on uh, on toast particularly, but it's made from the um, uh, leftover of the brewing industry. So all the heat stop uh, reduced down and they form this thick black, very tasty, in my opinion, uh, paste, which is uh, full of vitamins and is very nutritious. Not much calories, but it's very nutritious. Um, and there's this thing called Marmite, and you either love it or hate it. Uh, I'm one of those people who love it. But this particular patient of mine um, wasn't eating properly, and she was just having toast with jam or Marmite on, you know, and eating a sandwich at lunchtime. And the whole issue around this was how do we address the problem of poor diet, you know, be it from not having enough finances to buy good food or not having enough energy or support systems to, to get food in. And... Uh, these are the kind of issues we as MS professionals need to address. And we are all aware of this. Anybody who works in a socialized healthcare system, we'll be seeing people that are really are struggling to come out every month, having to make adjustments to their diet based on finances. He's really trying. And in the UK, for example, the number of people now using a food bank has reached an all-time high. And it's quite shocking. But that's the that's the truth, and that causes chronic stress. And this is how social determinants of health affect disease outcomes. People live uh, with chronic stress, and there's biology behind this. You know, our bodies respond to stress by putting up a hormone called cortisol, and cortisol is produced by the adrenal gland. And high levels of cortisol that are there continuously affect almost every system in the body, and particularly the brain. And you ask anybody who has chronic stress, and they will tell you that they are more forgetful, they feel tired, fatigued, they sleep, their sleep is disrupted, they often take on uh, unhealthy behaviors. We think some of these unhealthy behaviors around, for example, smoking, uh, alcohol, uh, substance abuse, for example, is self-medication to try and relieve the stress and anxiety associated uh, with chronic stress. We know, though, that people that are under chronic stress have much higher mental health problems, depression, anxiety, addiction, and even suicide. So these are things that should be addressed in clinical practice. Anyway, we put in a um, place, a program, and this happened pre-COVID, where we as an MS community in the UK held a, a meeting called Raising the Bar, where we wanted to try and implement different uh, work streams into clinical practice to try and address some of these issues. And our whole philosophy was no patient should be left behind. What can we do as healthcare professionals to address social determinants of health? Unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic stalled um, our Raising the Bar initiative, and hopefully it's going to get going again. I had to pull out from a management uh, chair perspective because of my accident. I had a major accident uh, 14 or 15 months ago, and I was just not in any fit state to continue leading that. So somebody else has taken it over from me. And uh, one of the work streams was what can we do or what can we try and implement in clinical practice to determine or to, to reverse these social determinants or try and counteract them in terms of improving MS outcomes. One of the things I must point out that when we did a, a small survey, very few people in the country 
actually document social determinants of health in routine practice and that may be the first step before that even we came back as a group of us are trying to do a systemic review systematic review where we go back into all the literature to pull out everything that's been done around social determinants of health and ms and ms outcomes and to see you know what lessons have been learned what works what doesn't work it's no point in uh, trying to reinvent a wheel if somebody's already done it but i can tell you from our a previous attempt at this um, which ended up really as a narrative re review was there was very little written about social determinants of health and ms outcomes and that's why you may see from our group now quite a few papers coming out and that triggered a research initiative and we've got quite a few research projects looking at social determinants of health um, hopefully if we can show that there is an unmet need in other words a lot needs to be done you know that kind of acts as a stimulus for potential funding around social determinants uh, and I've been honest with you, uh, when we launched our Think Social campaign uh, about five years ago now, there was very little interest in this field, and we've seen quite a lot happen since then you know, around physical abuse, emotional abuse, women's issues that are social determinants of health around smoking. So there are sometimes just having information out there uh, activates the community to do something. And so this is one of the reasons why I'm uh, doing this podcast is to try and activate the community to come up with some ideas that are practical, you know, that can be done at a group level uh, to help people with MS who've got chronic stress, particularly uh, our colleagues and friends who live in Ukraine. One of the other things I've also been pushing for many years is the so-called marginal gains philosophy. So this to, to manage MS. So this actually is nothing new, um, but it was made really popular by David Brailsford, Sir David Brailsford, who took over the British cycling team in 2003 and introduced this program where the, the principle was that if you break down everything that you can think of that goes into riding a bicycle or bike and you improve it by small amounts, maybe 1%, you get a significant increase in outcomes when you add them together. And the same thing should be applied to MS. You know, MS management is not just diagnosis and, and DMTs. It's about all the little things you can do to improve outcomes. So the, how do we bring into reality the marginal gains philosophy? And that's one of the reasons why I think social campaign and trying to address social determinants of health uh, is to improve outcomes. You know, if we can't fix the smoking, chronic stress associated with unemployment or being alone or being lonely, then we're not going to maximize the outcome of that particular individual with multiple sclerosis. So it's trying to manage the person with the disease holistically. Anyway, read the blog post and uh, the newsletter. Uh, tell me what you think. And I'm very, very interested in hearing from you as a community. Um, I'm at a loss of what to do. Um, you know, I was asked by one of the big pharmaceutical companies doing trials, and they had a lot of trial sites in Ukraine, that if any of the MS patients, you know, subjects participating in these trials managed to get out of Ukraine and end up in Britain, would we take them over into our trial, uh, into our site, because we're running the same trials? And I said, of course we would. You know, let them come. But, you know, I have no idea how many will arrive in London, but that's just one thing we can do. But that's not the solution. The solution we need is how do you manage relapses? How do you assess relapses in the war zone? You know, how do you get people to manage bladder dysfunction when they can't access uh, catheters and dipsticks and antibiotics for urinary tract infections? 
How do you manage people with spasticity who run out of baclofen? I mean, the 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 issues that have been going around in my head over the last few weeks, it's, it's just a continuous circling about how we manage X, Y, and Z um, in, in these extreme circumstances. And I just can't, and you know, I just, when I think about the kind of conditions these people are living in, you know, my heart, my shudder uh, to think about uh, some of the issues that are rising. And that's just, you know, MS is just the tip of a one iceberg. You know, there's so many other medical problems that you may argue are more pressing. And I'm not trying to say that, that MS is more important, but my worldview is multiple sclerosis, and I spend most of my time doing MS, which is why I have to come to it from an MS perspective. But, you know, the other issues out there, around people with dementia, you know, people with failing hips who can't walk properly or failing knees, you know, these are all the other issues which makes them uh, too frail, for example, to leave as refugees. Um, all these types of things. So it's a humanitarian uh, crisis and we as an international MS community need to come to the table to discuss what we can do to, to help. So please come forward with suggestions or examples of success stories and we'll discuss them. Uh, and also, uh, feel free to uh, forward this email with the link to the podcast and the uh, newsletter to friends and colleagues who you think may be able to help as well. And please don't forget to subscribe. You know, if you haven't subscribed, please uh, subscribe. You don't have to uh, become a paying subscriber. Um, the newsletters and podcasts are all free. I'm only asking subscribers who can afford to pay to pay. Uh, so we can use the uh, subscriptions to um, hire a medical writer and a web. Well, we are already hired a medical writer and a website designer uh, to set up the MSLFE microsite so we can curate the content and make it easier to find. Thank you.